with a special focus on cardiology for the last uh, 18 years. So a cardiologist is a, basically a physician. So in Zambia, the, the term physician is actually meant to mean a specialist who has trained in internal medicine and not necessarily a medical doctor. So he's a physician. So you've got to have training in internal medicine first and then you specialize in the area of cardiology, which is the study of the heart and uh, management of uh, diseases that affect the heart. And nowadays, cardiology has expanded and uh, is now divided into various categories. Uh, we often use the words plumber, electrician, and imager. Those are the different fields. So the plumber are the guys who open up your arteries when they're blocked, and the electricians are the ones who deal with electrical problems like pacemakers. And the imagers are the guys who uh, specialize in uh, imaging of the heart and giving us answers uh, like echocardiography, uh, cardiac MRI, and so on. So those are the, that's how I would put it. And then you have within the style of management, uh, you, you can either be an interventional cardiologist meaning you intervene mm -hmm. on the heart, you are hands-on practically fixing things, or you can be a non-invasive cardiologist, so you never really do any invasive stuff, but you manage patients, mainly focusing on preventative measures and, and follow-ups. And, uh, and then you can be a, a academic, uh, tertiary cardiologist or community-based cardiologist. So I'm a community-based cardiologist. So yeah, we'll, uh, so that's uh, in brief what, what, what it's about. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to ask any other question and then we delve into the issue. Of course, of course. I've, I've done and done. So people, if you want to uh, jump in, um, you, you, you come in as, 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 you, as you like. Uh, just jump in. Don't wait for me. Okay, so why maybe, maybe just to continue the day. Why are we... I have questions. I've done and done. Yeah. There's not even time here. That's why I'm warning right. the people listening. If you want to talk, you just jump in because I've done here. Sure, um, sure. Why do we need a, a healthy heart? And this is an elementary question, so to say. But uh, um, I, I bring it uh, because probably we don't think about it. Uh, sorry, Anakazi, you are the only lady here. I was uh, thinking about uh, the, the the women yesterday when I was writing this question. How 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 much they take care, Doctor Kajira, in making sure they are well powdered, the nails are looking good, all all things mm. which are outside. You know, we take care of uh, of that, and 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 yet something like a heart here. Probably no one pays attention to uh, to things like that, and hence my question: Why do we need a healthy heart? Great question, great question. In fact, that's where I was going to go. Uh, first of all, uh, let me throw a few facts out there about the heart. The heart—I liken the heart to the engine. If you see a car driving, what's driving that car? You've got the engine. Mm. The engine is what drives it. It's the same with our wow. bodies. Our hearts are the engine of our bodies. Oh, wow. Mm. I say that because 
It's a pump that's supplying the body, the tissues, with the nutrients that the tissues need. Otherwise, if oxygen and nutrients are not available to the tissue, you know what happens? They die. So the heart has to constantly beat regularly without even us thinking about it. And guess what? In a day, your heart beats 100,000 times. And by the time you reach the age of 80, your heart has been beating for over 3 billion times. So it's a, it's a very vital organ. It has to keep beating because if it starts, stops beating even for a, a minute or two, you collapse and, and you may die. So first of all, it's a vital organ. I know other parts of the body are important, but this is a driving uh, organ that we have to take care of. Let me also throw a few other statistics to you, and more to do with heart disease. Did you know that heart disease is, is actually the highest cause of mortality worldwide? People die of heart attacks and strokes every 40 seconds, an American is dying of a heart attack somewhere. Think of it, every 40 seconds. So about 720,000 uh, heart attacks occur in the U.S. alone. In Canada, about 2.4 million people have heart disease. And guess what? In the world, totally, it's number one cause of death. Second, second cause is cancer. But in highly uh, wealthy countries, cancer is really catching up now and is becoming uh, number one, but still heart disease is important worldwide. And if I can transfer that to our, uh, our sub-Saharan Africa, Zambia, for example, um, the incidence of sudden death, I'm sure every time on Facebook you're seeing a young person, healthy-looking guy, mm. having just dropped dead and collapsed. What do you think they died of? They either died of a heart attack or a stroke. Uh, so we're seeing uh, an increase in non-communicable diseases in, 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 uh, uh, in, in uh, sub-Saharan Africa and in, in developing countries as a whole. And this is partly to do with um, the point Yona made. I thought that's what he was talking about when he talked about uh, McDonald's uh, franchises being springing up in Africa. The trans fats that are found in those foods now our people are eating them, and uh, there's a social um, idea in Africa that if you are big and uh, fat around the waist, then you are successful. Um, you know, the problems with smoking, all those things, um, lifestyle, sedentary lifestyle, all those things are leading to non-communicable disease, and particularly cardiovascular disease as becoming the number one cause of death. At the moment, I read some statistics in Zambia 2017. It said uh, heart disease was number seven. Uh, strokes were number seven in, as a cause of death in Zambia, um, and, uh, and uh, heart, dis uh, heart attacks number 14. So they're coming up. Um, I mean, but maternal mortality, child mortality, and infectious uh, diseases like malaria. HIV have uh, traditionally be the, been the ones that have been leading the way. So for those reasons, we all need to be worried. Uh, we all need to be concerned. 
And, um, mm. and I think, Roger, you alluded to age. Uh, I'll touch on age and what changes can happen with age. But certainly if you are a male 40 years and above, uh, you've got to start thinking of uh, the possibility of, of, of having heart-related problems. And if you are a female, you are protected because of estrogens. But as you enter menopause, you start catching up with the male uh, folk um, in your 50s, 55, you, you are pretty much uh, on the table for having these things. I'll pause there a little bit and maybe get some Yeah, questions. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have uh, a, a caller here uh, from South Africa. Uh, if you want, you just want to listen, uh, you can stay the way it is, but if you have uh, uh, a comment, so let me just recognize South Africa is just too far for us to just leave you alone like that. Uh, South Africa number, good morning, uh, good evening, good afternoon there. Yes, good afternoon. This is John Musonda. <laughs> Hi, John. How are you? Nice to hear you, my I'm brother. Glad, thank you. How are you, Doc? Yes. Good, yeah, good, no, I've, good, I've, good. I've just, I've just connected and uh, yeah, listened a bit with interest and a uh, very important topic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. I just, just want to say hi, yes, for now, yes. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. No, Dr. Musonda uh, is a very experienced uh, physician, administrator, great guy. So, so it's nice to have you. And uh, and he's also part of our GAZAP group, so we're, we're delighted to have you, Dr. Musonda. And if you have anything you want to chip in and, and add to what I've said, feel free. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, w- 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 wonderful, Musonda. Good uh, to, to, to have you. Uh, if the if you you were answering my question as uh, uh, why we need to keep our uh, heart healthy, and now you have uh, pointed out uh, that it is number one cause of death. Uh, the question is why? Why does it cause so much death? Uh, is it because of that element of the engine you talked about, or why why is it so susceptible to death to uh, okay. mortality? Good. When we look at why, why, why does it cause death, I think we've got to look at risk factors. What are the main factors that lead us to develop heart disease? Now, at this point, I'll focus on heart disease that's related to, to cardio, uh, coronary artery disease, which is, you know, every heart muscle, the heart is a muscle. Every muscle needs blood so the heart has its own blood supply. These arteries that supply oxygenated blood to the heart muscle are called coronary arteries. So the problem is um, because of risk factors, which I'll go over quickly, these coronary arteries become hardened and uh, there's plaque buildup. So plaque, which is cholesterol, scarring, starts to build within the arteries and slowly start to occlude the flow of blood and restricting the blood to a particular muscle. When that happens, you have chest pain and it's called uh, uh, angina. But the heart attacks are caused because of a clot forming within the arteries and immediately occluding the flow of blood. So the sudden blockage leads to uh, death of the muscle. And once a big portion of the muscle is affected, the heart can't pump anymore and you drop dead and that's called a heart attack 
but also people die from just arrhythmias. Remember, uh, the, the heart is also an electrical. Remember, I mentioned about the electrical part. Mm-hmm. It's an electrical organ. So an arrhythmia, which is a very dangerous heartbeat, can occur either with the heart attack or around the heart attack, and that just causes sudden death. Uh, so that's why people die. Now, the risk factors I, to- I, I thought I would come to, because I think this is crucial when it comes to prevention. Uh, they are, we divide risk factors into two f- segments. They're the non-modifiable ones and the modifiable ones. So the non-modifiable ones are things like age. You know, you, you can't have to change your age. Uh, we are all progressively got, getting older every year. Uh, so age, the older you are, the higher uh, likelihood of developing heart disease or coronary artery disease. Second, uh-huh. gender. If you are male, you are higher risk than females. And as I said, until oh. the females catch up later. If you have the family history of heart attack, so genetically, if you are designed genetically to have a high risk, if, say, first mem- uh, f- uh, members of your uh, first degree members of the family, parents, uh, siblings, anyone in your family died of a heart attack, you are more likely to, uh, to, to have one as well. And ethnicity, there, there is a, a difference in ethnicity in terms of predisposition. Uh, us as Africans, um, tend to have the high blood pressure, and, um, and so high blood pressure becomes a key in uh, generating that problem. But in other, uh, in, in other races like Caucasians, it's much more common. And, of course, um, uh, modifiable ones, high blood pressure. I'll touch on that. High cholesterol, diabetes, so type 2 diabetes mainly. Obesity, so meaning you are overweight, excessive alcohol intake. I can talk about what's excessive and what isn't. Uh, inactivity, so sedentary lifestyle. Nowadays we are on cell phones, driving, we are on gadgets, uh, we don't exercise as much. Smoking, big, big problem, and uh, stress. So stress, depression, uh, and so on. So those are the uh, modifiable risk factors. So the modifiable ones we can do something about. The non-modifiables we can't really do much about. So that's why we die of heart attack, because the arteries get hardened due to these risk factors that I've talked about. I want... Wonderful, Dr. Kajira. Uh, once I went to the um, dentist, and they they put all these uh, equipment in your in your mouth, in your teeth. They are removing mm-hmm. the the clot. They are, they are removing the clot, the clot. So when I hear people uh, mention the clot uh, about the um, in in the heart, uh, probably mm-hmm. you, are, you have seen it. I mean, you are a doctor. <laughs> you should have <laughs> seen it. The clot, first and foremost, what, what, what are we t- talking about? Uh, are these uh, kind of um, foods which have hardened? Uh, what is this when we talk about the clot? And then you can probably go ahead and answer how you can, if, if the dentist can go and remove them uh, in, in the heart, which you cannot be opening every now and then, 
what is the way forward to reduce those growths you've talked about, which build up in the in the arteries? Okay, thanks. So uh, I'll just clarify one thing. Uh, there are two processes. The clot is like the final uh, dagger that, that causes a heart attack. But prior mm. to even a clot forming, it's a process. Oh, the build up. Let's call it the build up. The process of build up, it's called atherosclerosis. Yeah. So um, this is where uh, the artery, the wall of the artery, starts to build up cholesterol plaque. And if, for example, you have high cholesterol in your body, you haven't been eating healthy, you eat a lot of trans, fat acid, uh, trans fats, you eat a lot of uh, high carbohydrates, and you're not looking after yourself, there's a process that comes with, it, with age. In fact, they've done autopsy studies that by the age of 20, if you take a person who died and take Look, uh, have a look at the arteries, you see the little streaks of fat uh, accumulating within the arteries. So with age, this process, and with lifestyle that, that I've already mentioned, this process gets accelerated. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then you end up to a point where these clots, these plaques develop, and uh, they become very vulnerable to rupture. So what we call the vulnerable plaque. So these are plaques that are highly rich in cholesterol. They have a thin cap over them. And so any shear stress, like say your blood pressure surges, it can rupture at the shoulders. And once the rupture happens, there are blood cells that quickly accumulate on the site of rupture. And platelets are some of these blood elements that quickly accumulate and form a clot very rapidly within minutes, seconds, or minutes, and that leads to complete occlusion of the heart attack, and then you have a heart attack. The second component of your question is what do you do, and how do you recognize? Since this is a a, a radio show where people are lay people, they want to know how do I know I'm having a clot. Um, If you have typically chest pain, like a heaviness in your chest, that may come when you are doing something and seem to go away when you rest, that already may be indicative of having a clot or a process of atherosclerosis. And if it happens all of a sudden without any activity, you could be having a heart attack. And the first thing you do is chew two aspirins immediately and call the ambulance and let them come and take you to a hospital where they can see you. Now, you say, what do we do? How, what can they do about the clot? The dentist can remove the clot. Yes, cardiologists can <laughs> remove the clot too. Um, so they basically, we, traditionally in people, in places where they haven't developed a cath lab uh, or you are far from a cath lab, they may be able to give you what is called a clot buster, uh, which mm-hmm. is a, a drug that sends the blood. And that can reopen that artery very quickly, but it's got to be given very, very fast, uh, within at least uh, a half, uh, an hour or so of presenting before the damage is made. And then after what, they give what, that what clot, ask, what, what I meant they may then go in and the, actually remove the clot. What I meant, I just want to um, uh, update to, to that question. What I meant is every... Uh, is it three months, every quarter of the uh, I'm going to the dentist for them to, to do the plaque. 
uh, what is the process of uh, me keeping my my heart uh, built up free, um, not necessarily requiring uh, the medical attention, but yes. that, that constant maintenance, if you, if you like, that constant ma- maintenance. How do how do I do that? Excellent. Um, well. The risk factors, remember the risk factors I mentioned earlier. So if you have high blood pressure, for example, you've got to make sure you get it treated. Um, It's important actually for all, I would suggest all uh, middle-aged people should have blood pressures checked at least once a year, even if you've never been diagnosed. If you have a family history, you may want to do it even more often. So check your blood pressure. Make sure it's, uh, you see a doctor who should control the blood pressure uh, with uh, either medication or lifestyle. So exercise is important in controlling your blood pressure. And you might ask, uh, how often should I exercise? We generally, we just say 150 minutes a week of exercise, moderate to intense exercise. 150 minutes, which translates to about 30 minutes, okay, at least five times a week. That's ideal, but it's always better to be moving, always better to be active doing something than not. The second thing you want to do is make sure you don't have diabetes. If you get checked for diabetes, because diabetes is one of the major risk factors. Thirdly, avoid smoking. Fourthly, eat healthy. And what do I mean by eat healthy? A lot of uh, diets out there. The bottom line is cut your trans fats out. So eating fast foods is not good for you because that's a sure way of accumulating cholesterol in your arteries. Eat more fresh vegetables and and, uh, fruits. At least half of your plate should have been vegetable and fruit. And eat lean meats. Don't, don't fry them. Don't deep fry foods. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and then low-salt diet. I can't overemphasize that. In Africa, hypertension is one of the largest killers. It causes strokes, heart attacks, and kidney disease. And as Africans, as black people, we are salt sensitive. So eating salt, too much salt, is actually directly bad for you. It's going to cause high blood pressure. So I would say to not add extra salt on the table and eat about a teaspoon of salt total, all the foods in a day, only a teaspoon of food, which translates to about 2.3 grams of salt, no more than that. And uh, then, of course, I, I talked about exercise, uh, I, avoiding uh, stress, stress at jobs. Always find time to rest. You can't work forever, even if you're chasing after the dollar. Do it smartly. <laughs> yeah, you can't just overwork yeah. yourself and have no time <laughs> for relaxation. So stress management is very important. And, uh, of course, obesity nowadays uh, – Kids are eating all these junk foods and growing fat, uh, 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 obese very quickly, so we need to, to deal with that. And same thing with adults. Alcohol. Uh, I think this one is topical because alcohol is very popular in, in Zambia. Um, people love to drink. Um, what is too much drink? 
Um, generally speaking, for a woman, no more than two drinks per day and no more than <laughs> 10 in a week. And then for men, <laughs> for men, no more than three drinks a day. In fact, that's being actually generous. Not more than three drinks a day and not more than 15 a week. So cut that alcohol because alcohol can lead to high cholesterol and, and, and so on. So those are practical things we can do to prevent ourselves. But more importantly, get your blood pressure checked. If, if you forgot everything I've said today, remember this one thing, high blood pressure, check it. Let me allow Dr. Musonda in South Africa. Uh, maybe he wants he has a comment or so. Uh, you've got from very far, so we'd like to hear from you, Dr. Musonda. Yes. Any uh, comment or addition uh, you may want to add on here? Yes, no, I've been listening with uh, with a lot of interest here. When it comes to uh, alcohol intake. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's important to, a lot of people have written about units of uh, alcohol and all that, but in South Africa we talk about 14 units for females and 21 units for males per week. <laughs> so I think they include weekends. <laughs> 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 I think I think you're being very generous there. <laughs> yeah, so you talk of, you take your three your three units as a man, but times seven that's twenty one units, which is wow. 20, a unit is a lager, like a size of a lager. Mm. Okay, bottle. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. you know. So yeah, that is the, that was interesting to to note. But also, yeah. uh, being a family physician and the kind of work I'm involved in, I'm very much interested in, you know, for example, cardiology, how it can integrate with the primary health care in a formal kind of program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you often have patients, you know, ischemic heart disease, heart failures, you know, all these dysarrhythmias and all that. They are treated at a higher center, and then they are, they are sent for follow-up at primary health care. And they are mm -hmm. followed up in a form of chronic treatment program kind of thing you know, at that level. Now, oh. as a cardiologist, I mean, what what sort of uh, formal programs can we put in place, you know, to to improve this integration? There must be an integration yes. because what we are talking about is prevention. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If we do preventative work well then we are, we'll end up with fewer complicated cases. Exactly. And the shift, the shift now is towards primary health care in terms of resources, you know, budgeting and everything, especially so in, in, in developing countries. Because we know that the amount of money we spend on treating patients at primary health care is much, much less compared to tertiary level, and yet the outcomes are, are better. And tertiary level, very, very we, are, we are looking at... It's probably non-existent. Yes, that's a very good point, Dr. Msonda. And I think, in my view, that's what we should be focusing on, is primary health care. Uh, as I mentioned there, um, having blood pressure checked, having cholesterol checked, basic, simple things like that will save money. I was reading an article that said 
in developing countries, by 2030, we would have spent or lost about $7.3 trillion due to heart disease alone if we don't fix the problem. And where would that money come from? $7.3 trillion would be uh, lost due to either uh, people who have had heart attacks, strokes, or, or straining on the healthcare system. So as Dr. Musonda said, it's best to prevent something from happening, and it's much, much cheaper than uh, allowing it to happen, and then now we try to find solutions to it. So uh, the integration part is key, and uh, one proposal I have is through GAZAP, our newly formed uh, organization, one, one initiative we could do is go on a campaign, an education campaign, sponsor yeah. ads on television in Zambia, in, in, in Africa, uh, and also maybe just uh, drive an awareness, awareness campaign. I think yeah. people have done it, but it's not sustained. And I think we can, we can do that to try and contribute to awareness and then, of course, encourage government to invest in primary health care. Uh, right now, they are spending money sending people for specialization, more specialists and more tertiary, but, but I think the, the, the money should be spent much more on primary health care. Yeah, that's my belief, especially that we can't afford um, a lot of these high-tech, very expensive treatments uh, in the long term. I think prevention is the way. I totally agree with you. As you uh, rightly said, it, Dr. Kajira, uh, if anything else fails, have your blood pressure uh, checked. And yes. I bring back my mind here uh, in Canada, every, I think even in the U.S., Every Walmart at the pharmacy, they have uh, that sit-up uh, where you sit and just put your your arm in there to check your your blood pressure. Uh, so I'm yes. thinking every probably every shopping mall, uh, yes. maybe we can use the, our little noise, our little um, influence to to encourage the shopping malls to have uh, this freestyle. Uh, I don't know if you encourage them freestyle uh, blood pressure checkups uh, so that yes. at least everything else, as you said, if you fail everything else, have your blood pressure checked. Yes. And and avoid smoking. Um, smoking is a big... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big yeah. So uh, on that point, uh, you mentioned two things, smoking and drinking. I don't know what my brother... Uh, who was laughing? You know when you were saying three drinks per day, he was busy laughing. If you heard someone laughing, it was my brother Noel Musokotwane. Let's ask him why he was laughing. I'm Musokotwane, why were you laughing? Uh, first, uh, because I was laughing because I think for me, the heading of this segment is Dr. Kajira changes Noel's lifestyle in 20 minutes. <laughs> that oh, would wow. be awesome. I think that's what it is. But I, I do, I do have a question though. I walk, I walk a lot, not by choice, but because of my job. I walk at least uh, ten miles a day, which is about uh, uh, twenty twenty thousand steps a day. And That's I've had great. this job, and I've had this job for nineteen years. Now, with if I if I'm also a smoker and a drinker, 
Now, does it mean that because I, I walk a lot, meaning I exercise a lot, does that upset my lifestyle or does it just matter what my lifestyle is? I'm, that's what I want to find out. That's why I was laughing. So is there an upset there? Is there a help that I'm walking? Yes, it definitely does help uh, that you're walking, but does not uh, completely nullify the other factors uh, that may, may put you at risk. So it's always good to look at the whole picture. Um, you can be doing something good. There's some people who uh, may be uh, keeping their blood pressure under control, but they don't actively uh, exercise. Okay. They're eating bad. So one, one component is not enough. We've got to look at all the risk factors and check them one by one. I walk, so I'm giving you a tick for walking. You, so you, you must be in shape, but the drinking, that alone, that alcohol is going to damage your arteries. The smoking will do likewise. And so you find you may be nullifying the, the benefits you're getting walking. from walking. But certainly I would, yeah. I would give oh. you a, a class for doing that. That's, that's going to be helpful. Thank you. But, but a Thank lot of you. people have that fallacy in thinking, that comfort, that because I do one thing, then I'm safe. No, still check your cholesterol. Go to your doctor. Make sure the other factors are under control. Thank you, you know, you know Dr. Thank Katila, you sometimes I, I exercise quite a little bit on my treadmill. What and what? Guess what I'm going to do when I'm at, at, at work the next day? I'm going to McDonald's. I'm like, oh, well, I exercised. I did this. I did all my certifications <laughs> in my head. Uh, now I can I can indulge, so to say, you know. Uh, you, you yeah. Human, you, human brain is is terrible. <laughs> I can I can exactly. tell you. Exactly. I mean, if uh, you oh, wait, a question. Doctor, I'm about to while, go. We only have four minutes here. I'm about to wind up. Um, Doctor Kajira, uh, as you age, I, I know there is accumulation of uh, cholesterol there. What happens? Um, what, what other things happen to the very very quickly there happens to the heart? Does it uh, uh, become a little bit tired, overused? Uh, what's happening to the heart as as we are aging? Uh, if it doesn't get the uh, necessary help uh, to stay strong? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, as we age, uh, the heart goes through what we call remodeling. Uh, so. The, the, it stiffens up, the muscle stiffens up, um, and so that means uh, the, 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 the blood, the chambers do not accept as much blood as they did when they, it was more compliant as a younger person, more elastic, so it becomes stiff, and the heart rate, even though at rest your heart rate may beat at 80 beats per minute or 70 beats per minute, but when you exercise, your heart does not go as high uh, uh, to, com uh, uh, to compensate for what you're doing when you're growing older. So, so um, the arteries get hardened as well. They get harder, so they become less compliant, and so that leads to high blood pressure. So high blood pressure is directly related to age as well. The older we get, the more likely. But also when we age, we develop uh, enlargement of our chambers in the heart. And that can lead to a very important arrhythmia called atrial fibrillation. And this one is 
really dangerous because when you develop atrial fibrillation, you develop clots in the heart which can cause a stroke. So I'm not sure in Zambia how much aware and how much we screen for atrial fibrillation, uh, but uh, it's more common in older populations for sure. So, so the aging definitely, the valves also get uh, calcified and so they can get narrow where the valve needs to be attended to or they can start leaking where the valve, and you can also have the electrical system failing where you need a pacemaker to be put in to help uh, the heart beat. So a lot of things can happen with age. So we, we run out of time. Uh, everything we've talked about here, maybe the instructor is going to comment, uh, go to my Facebook page there. Uh, a lot of answers again online we, we can get. Dr. Kachira, thank you so thank you so much. Um, I'm, thank a lot of you. people have been uh, uh, listening, so we hope we hope we can change one more. We, we've changed one uh, one person here. No, no, well, uh, at least yes, we no, we'll keep, up. keep I an know. eye on you, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep an eye on uh, on the probably the, the smoke we can deal with the smoke very quickly. The beer we can. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you for joining us.